Good afternoon, good morning, good whatever your you know, time of day it is for you. This is the Legendary M Green team. Uh, today we're doing Porco Rosso, and that's a Studio Ghibli movie. And today we have Huron Fan. Hi! There you go. He's a fan of Ghibli. And then we have another fan of Ghibli. We have Yeti Beats. Hello, hello. Some call me the Porco Rosso of the Green Team. Yeah, we definitely call him Porco something. <laughs> um, yeah, that's our buddy Yeti. So, and Mom Soul. So here we go. Uh, Wait, before we go on, I would just like to point out it's it's Ghibli. It's Ghibli. That's what I was going to ask. That was my first question because we have a Japanese speaker here, Huron. Ghibli. But yeah, you would call it in English, you'd probably just say Ghibli. Okay. Let's see. I became a huge Hayao Miyazaki fan when I was in high school. And then I consumed his entire catalog. And I've just been. He's been my, been my favorite director ever since. I've watched most Ghibli movies. Uh, I haven't seen all of Isao Takahata's movies, and I haven't seen Goto Miyazaki's movies. I've even seen uh, Miyazaki's newest movie, so ha ha ha. Mm-hmm. Well, don't to- uh, tease us. Is it good? What's going on? Oh, it's How fantastic. It? Uh, all right. I've said in the Discord uh, that it's a lot more abstract than his other stuff. A lot of okay. weird stuff, and you'll have to look, look for metaphors and symbolism. It's kind of mostly about death and grief mm. and acceptance and it's it's weird but it's good i pretty much love all of his movies for what they're trying to accomplish so i'm looking forward to seeing this uh so yeti what about you yeah i came i came to ghibli and miyazaki late i didn't um i don't think i started watching him till maybe my mid-20s where i tried to give spirited away um a try and i was like yeah not for me i just missed the boat and then i watched uh totoro and i just fell in love i just the carefree kind of nature of that film um and really the the score which is like a constant throughout his movies uh just became something i wanted to watch over and over and over again uh so i've been slowly trying to watch all of his films i have gone back and rewatched spirited away and it's probably my second favorite um now that i've given another chance uh but yeah kiki's i've watched um Howl's Moving Castle. There's still a few like The Wind Rises and stuff I have to get to, but I'd say about seventy-five percent through his catalog and Porco Rosso is the this is the latest one I've just watched. Yeah, definitely hard to recommend on The Wind Rises. That's uh my favorite of his serious ones so far. Interesting. Yeah. Um yeah, it's it's he's got so many different varieties, I feel like, that he he encapsul uh, like he gets that childhood feel. But yet, when he wants to do an adult one, he can still do that very well, and it's nice. So I agree. He's he's a lot of a uh, range, <laughs> exactly, yeah. which is not something you'd expect for. Well, he's, he does he did have a long career. So, and guess what? He I just read an article. He's back again out of retirement for one more movie after this newest one. So yeah, yeah. call to come back. He's a. He didn't say it was a movie. He just said he wants to work. Maybe. Okay, because I, I saw know. in the caption is he's like I got one more in me, and you're like. <laughs> I wouldn't be another Ghibli film if, if like he didn't Ollie, come back from Ollie Crow. I, I don't think I don't think it's gonna happen. And I'll Ollie Crow, and I'll be really, really, really happy if it happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I've uh, I've loved this movies as a kid. The first one I ever saw was Spirited Away. I was a little kid watching it on the TV at a hotel with commercials, and I didn't know. Like I missed the beginning, and I think I had to go do something, so I missed the ending. And I was like, this movie was kind of cool. I wish I could go back and see it. Never saw it again for like another 10 years. Didn't know what it was called, anything like that. And then I saw Kiki's when I was like 
well. And I was like, that, that was a great movie. And then that's when I started to understand a little bit of where all these films were. And then, you know, once you're like 18 and I could actually go and access and find all these things, then I found it all. And that's, that's where I love them all. Interesting journey. Yes, yeah, it's it a little bit weird. But Porco Rosso, it's, it's a very beautiful film as far as like the islands and what he was trying to do and the setting. I like that. I know all of his films are beautiful. They're, well, they're hand drawn for like, I think he has a requirement. What is it like 95% of all of the scenes need to be hand drawn? It's yeah. a ridiculous requirement, but that definitely shows in the quality of his work. And, and this one, especially with, with all the cool planes. What do you guys think about the settings? Yeah, I, uh, I was hesitant to get into this one because I, I was always more drawn to his more fantastical uh, films like Spirited Away, Totoro, like um, even Nausicaa or um, Princess Mononoke. Mm-hmm. Um, so this one I just thought was like a pig fighting fascism, which is, you know, obviously is, something, yeah. something I agree <laughs> with. It is. Um, but it, it is kind of like... Uh, like you said, a beautiful film, um, just visually and, you know, a theme of Miyazaki's or just something I think he's always attracted to is just flying and being in the air. And this one kind of encapsulates that, um, almost better than any I've seen so far. Uh, just some of the shots of him flying. And, um, there's one in particular we'll get into that's like, just (laughs) beautiful. That's obviously more than just about flying, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's a gorgeous film. What about you, Huron? What do you think? I agree. It's uh, all of his movies are a fantastic setting, and this one also doesn't, you know, doesn't fail in that department. And I, I agree with Yeti. In general, I, I enjoy the more fantastical stories, uh, but just something about Porco Rosso like speaks to me so deeply that it, it doesn't really matter. Um, and yeah, it's 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 an interesting perspective too, as a Japanese man looking at like this 1920s, ni- early 1930s. Uh, outside of Italy, fascist, uh, depression era setting in the Adriatic. Um, and it, you're right. It's gorgeous. It's got beautiful flying about his, his idea with flying. Uh, did you know his father was a, uh, a manufacturer, uh, during the war? I did. Oh, wow. That that came up when uh, I fell in love with the wind rises and I had to look a little into it and his love. The wind rises are a really interesting movie. Uh, yeah. at, as a, uh, psychoanalyst analytic perspective on Miyazaki himself because mm-hmm. he's he's uh anti-war is a, a constant thing in all of his stories and yeah. Uh, yeah. also anti-fascism but uh he's always had this weird uh contradiction in himself where he loves flying he loves m- flying machines they, they named the the studio after the Ghibli uh plane manufacturer and at the same time he, uh mm. he resented his father for being a war profiteer somebody who literally made money by making war machines. Uh, and he, he's been working through that through all of his work and yeah. it's a constant theme and it comes up in, I think in this movie as well. Oh, definitely. Well, we got, um, we got the basic setting. Uh, did we want to do a quick synopsis and then, uh, jump into some spoilers? Yeah, let's get into what it's about. Okay. So I'm going to thank the lovely lady Google for a quick mm. film synopsis. Cause this is a popular movie. So there's definitely one already on there for it. It's uh, in Italy in the 1930s, sky pirates and biplanes terrorize wealthy cruise ships as they sail the Adriatic Sea. The only pilot brave enough to stop the scourge is the mysterious Porco Rosso, and he's a former World War, sorry, World War I flying ace pilot who was somehow turned into a pig during the war, 
and as he prepares to battle the pirate's crew, American Ace. Uh, do you remember his name? What was his name? Uh, Porco's original name, Marco. No, uh, the what was the pilot's name? The American Sarati. Oh, okay. Curtis. Curtis. Yeah, it was Curtis. Um, so Porco enlists the help of a mechanic, uh, spunky girl mechanic named Fio, and his longtime friend Madame Gina, who has that island hotel and bar. It's the basically the neutral zone, which is a very cool concept that I love. So that's basically the the overview of the movie. Um, did you guys want to do some favorite scenes? Yeti? Hey, Yeti, you sound like you want to talk about that. Yeah, he's about to jump through the screen. So what do you got, Yeti? I guess you could do, I've, oh man, I have a bunch of favorite scenes, but one I'll go into that I, that I think, um, encapsulates, again, I keep using that word, but Orko himself, uh, like the, the big thing I get away from this movie when I watched it the first time and definitely a second time is how much, um, self-loathing Porco has for himself. Uh, I mean, it's even in the, him being a pig. That's the curse is he, he thinks of himself as a pig for uh, having survivor's guilt uh, from, from what happened to him. And uh, the scene when he, he first goes into uh, what Gia's bar and she sits down with him and she says like, uh, you know, I, I lost my husband, third husband or whatever. And it came back that he died. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I wish I like wrote out down their conversation, but he, she said something like, you know, he was a good guy or something like that. And Porco says, yeah, well only the good ones die. And, um, you know, already leading you to believe y'all how much like the good ones die saying he survived, which makes him like a bad person, like a, you know, kind of a garbage person, a monster, a pig. And then she even, she points even to that picture, uh, that she loves of, on the wall, him as a human, it's like the last one of him with a human face. And he just says, that's like the one thing in the bar he hates about this place is that picture. Um, so I love that scene. Cause right off the bat, you know, like, and, and like right before that, it's the whole opening with him kind of saving the day for the pirates. It's real heroic. You're like, Oh, this guy's like the cool, he's walking through the bar. He's super cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but, and I think that Miyazaki kind of does that purposely like to kind of lull you into just thinking how cool he is. Um, and then, but when you really hear him talk, he's like, Oh, this, this, this dude hates himself. He, you know, he only is out for himself for money. He doesn't, uh, you know, he's fastest, but he doesn't care about, uh, much of anything anymore. Uh, until I would say he meets Fio, but that scene in particular is always a standout. Um, and it's beautifully drawn and animated him just sitting cool eating by himself and pouring her a glass of wine. Um, so yeah, but I really loved, I really connected to that theme of his, uh, you know, really just that survivor's guilt that he has. I'm going to disagree with you on one point. Sure. Um, please. I, th- I think you said that he was, uh, only looking out for himself. And I think that's mostly wrong. I think he's actually, uh, quite humanitarian in, uh, the way he takes care of people and how he cares for people. Like even in the dog fight at the end, he, he has Curtis in the sights. He decides not to kill him. Yeah. He doesn't need to, or he even he's even nice to the air, the airplane or seaplane pirates, mm-hmm. and that when he saves all the little girls, which was hilarious, by the way. Yeah, that's a great. Uh, he lets them keep opening. literally half the money. Yeah, it's just like right. he's he's just dark and brooding, and he hates himself, and he pushes people away because you know of that self hatred. He just assumes everyone thinks about the same him. But I actually think right. he is quite caring about other people. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, you're right. He's just, I don't think he cares about what goes on on the outside on an outer, like a bigger level where he's like, he just wants to, 
It seems like make money for himself. And then, he's, yeah, he's not focused on other people. As a, as a part of who he is, he helps people. Like he's in the war, he you know he helps his friends. He helps in the opening scene. All these little girls climbing all over the the plane, and it's just funny. And he even helps kind of the pirates, just like like you said, yeah. just take out the money. There's your repairs. Get but he here. does do that for money, though, right? Like he that's a, like he's a mercenary. Yeah. That's like yeah. his job. So which but, is a very like self. I'm not saying he's he's helping. Like instead of being like. um like fighting because I don't think he's in the war anymore. Like I think he goes, remember he goes to the bank and they say, Hey, do you want to buy a bond for like to help the people's? Then he said, I'm a pig. I don't care about the people kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. And that scene kind of made me think where it's like, you're right. He's caring, but there is like a, a broader societal impact. He doesn't care about anymore that I think he used to when he was a human. Mm-hmm. See that I think was his anti-fascist side though, because like mm-hmm. they they specifically asked him to buy war bonds and he's not he's interested like, now. He, right, he's still right. reeling from World War One, and he's not interested in this. So uh, that's true. He's like, well, probably I have I have an easy thing. I, I'm a pig. Why should I have to pay for this? Right. Good point. Uh, yeah, that's a uh, that's a great scene. What about you, Heron? What about one of your favorites? <gasps> can I get can I do two? Do you, uh, we'll allow it, I guess. If okay, you want to do okay. one and then do another one back to back, I guess. <laughs> well, it's unheard so, of, but go ahead. The Miyazaki's known for his fan fantastic flying scenes mm-hmm. i think he has a flying scene in almost every if not all but one maybe i uh, think so and yeah. i think this movie has my favorite flying scene and it's when well, it has like probably my two favorite is it the ghost scenes. one that, that's that's the next scene okay all right. uh, if you want to talk about that one you could take it no no, no uh, it's good it's good when they're escaping the piccolo factory with fio as the yep uh, mm-hmm. love that scene that's a yeah. yeah that's a very fun scene uh and they're trying to fly through the city and they can't take off because of just the way the plane's built. Uh, and he's flying through the city and they're going through the canals and it's just, it's beautifully shot. It's fast. It's fun. It's just what you want in an adventure story. And it's, it's incredible. Yeah. It's, that was like one of my highlights of the movie too. Just like him, like dipping towards the wings, dipping in the water. And it's like <laughs> sideways. And she like tells him, I don't know, some sort of term for yeah, the plane. The tabs or something. Yeah. Yeah. He's the tabs yeah. and he gets back on. Um, it was a real nice bonding moment with them, but just the music and like the shooting at them and yeah, they're like flying under bridges along the water and like the canals type thing. It's that's such a beautiful scene. Yeah. That was incredible. Yeah. I like the way he interacts with Theo, uh, leading up to it too. Like he just has a fun relationship where this goes back to Yeti's. He does care to where he likes this girl and she's like, Oh, it's going to cost you more money to do this. But would you do it? Because I ask, and he's like, yeah, sure. Go ahead. But he's still trying to play it off as the cool guy. And he's just like, yeah, just do whatever you want. That's fine. I'll pay for it. Well, I think she was a big, like, I think that's why her character is so vital. I think she kind of had that turn on him. She helps him break out of that kind of shell to where he's right. He starts that. Yeah. He's getting there. Cause she, there's like a scene where she says something about trusting him or she's trusting. And then the way he says like trust, he's like, never thought like never approved of the word before until you said it or the way you said it. So like, That's you can cool. tell she takes a, was that right before or right after she sees him as a human? Uh, when they're laying down or when she's in bed. Yeah. Um, I think I it's think right, it right after. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, it I don't remember. So we'll split the difference. Yeah. Uh, all right, so my favorite scene then, since it's what Hiran was going to talk about then, is the ghost ship, or so the ghost flying scene, where you see the planes of his fallen comrades and what basically is the pivotal moment of uh, of his life. It's just a great scene. And you see, well, first off, you see the ring 
in the distance. And you're like, what is that? And you just see it's just beautiful. And you just think it's all peaceful as the ship, or sorry, the, well, the plane's rising. And then you see the other planes just slowly go and fade off. And he's just the, like his dawn on his face, even as a pig. It's like, it's just cool. It's great. What I really liked about that scene is uh, a lot of things, actually. But one of the things is he he wants, like, it, afterwards, it's, I think this is really what turns him into a pig. Uh, he wants to go with him. Yeah. He, and he says, it's not that he wants to go with him. He wants to change places with the guy who was, mar- who was uh, engaged yeah. or married to Gina. Yeah. And uh, I really like how long that scene takes. Uh, it, it really breathes, and it takes just as much time as it needs to be, instead of just, like, I don't know. I, th- I think Miyazaki always has like these really nice segments of his film where they just kind of sit down and they enjoy the scenery and they don't really worry about taking up too much time. Like uh, in Spirit Away, the scene when they're on the, the train is the same way. Yes, uh, such a great scene. But like you said, that that's one of those where if it's going to change the movie and pivot a little bit and give you some really deep knowledge into a character, it's okay to take a little bit of time to do that instead of, you know, Sometimes we get like a 20 second flashback in some current movies today and you're like, okay, that's it. That's, that's what we're getting, but that's good. So with Miyazaki, the thing I, in my watches, and I think everyone sees is like, he has like a scene in every movie, like here and was talking about on the one in spirited away on the train that is almost like a painting almost, um, or in Totoro where Totoro's at the bus stop, uh, with him in the rain. And I feel like this scene is like that version in Porco Rosso is when he's just flying and you see that the, the, the planes lifting up going into the heavens kind of with that long beam of, uh, I guess, die, you know, dead, uh, people who've died in the war. And it was just so beautiful when it like kind of you get a view of that in all of them. And he's the way he's kind of talking in the background, but yeah, at a certain point I could like, I was like, this could be a wallpaper for my computer. You know, it's like, yeah. Like, I just got chills. It was just so melancholic. <laughs> I think that's, that's one of the reasons we watch these films. It's They're just beautiful, and then they're insightful, and then sometimes if you want to turn your brain off and I'm sick lying in bed, I can turn it on because, guess what, it's just a pretty film with planes and the kids getting saved, and that's fine, and, you know, that that's cool to me, too. So This movie is so funny. <laughs> it is pretty funny. <laughs> like, it... it like I, I laughed my head off when the the seaplane pirates at the beginning are kidnapping the little girls, and you're like, "Oh, well, would we take all of them?" He's like, "That would be very nice. You can't separate the group." Yeah. Or the the terrible like pork roast jokes. Yeah, the, I, don't, the I don't know how they translate. I don't know how they translated into English, but they were they were there definitely in Japanese. <laughs> Some of them hit. I'm I'm not sure. Maybe all of them hit, but I know a couple of them did. Uh, I did like the way that the kids were on the guns. Of the turret with the <laughs> with the one pirate, they were like helping him shoot and just little stuff like that. Like it was just just funny to see all these kids, and then also the um, uh, the family, the women that were helping build the plane. That was uh, really cool. I like that a lot. It's a good scene. I was just, no, I was just thinking like that scene with the women. I, if that was like um, alluding to how important they were in the war and doing the jobs while the men yes. were kind of gone and stuff like that, I thought that was. Uh, I just assumed that was an American thing because I'm selfish, like in like World War II and stuff. <laughs> right? No, I did too. Yeah. Obviously, but, every country, I guess, obviously did that. So, or many others. Yeah, it was it was quite funny, and uh, it's quite sexist, and it plays the sexism for laughs, but it also points out how ridiculous the sexism is in the first place. Right. 
Yeah, it's just from all sides. It's just good old family fun with a little bit of insight in between there too. So yeah. it's good. And any any thoughts as to why Curtis was an American and why Fia was American? Also, it was hilarious when Curtis was getting introduced to the seaplane pirate coalition, and mm-hmm. the guy representing him was like, "Oh, he's he's American, but his his grandmother was like a quarter or an eighth uh, Italian, yeah. so it's fine." <laughs> Yeah, Which one I think of those, makes him one thirty second Italian, and I guess that's okay. I felt like that was just poking fun at the people who do that, so that <laughs> I was okay with because the character itself was kind of goofy. I was like, all right, that's that's totally uh, checks out. Um, I also just a little bit of nitpick. It didn't age well. I feel like that upon first sight, he proposes to a seventeen year old girl. <laughs> um, I don't know. That's all. That's probably like one of my few nitpicks. I don't know if you have any like that. I just thought he th- like he was just saying Americans, like you said, are just dreamers who think they can do everything or the best just because they're American and they fall in love with every girl and every girl's going to want them. <laughs> you know, I that just scene thought, in the garden with Gino was, uh, yeah. was perfect. And she's just calling all, calling him out on all his B- BS. How, how do you right. feel about Cur- Curtis as a character, by the way? Um, yeah, so I I don't know I, I didn't know how to figure them out my first watch. I will say when we're talking about funny scenes at the uh, at the end when the pirate or not the end but the pirates like find Porco's hiding spot and then uh, he looks up and Curtis is like in the crevice. <laughs> he just like hold himself. I couldn't stop laughing. He's like yeah, he looks yeah, ridiculous. That was pretty funny. Was he like does scene. like a superhero. He does flip a flip thing. and then he doesn't <laughs> land correctly and then pretends like he did. Yeah, right. yeah. He, he shifts the balance. He tried to do the land. It was good. Um, <laughs> It's on par with his character. Like his character was silly, but yet just annoying enough to kind of like take it seriously in the fight for the finale. So that's where I, I kind of like it. I don't love the character. It's not the reason I watch this film. I, but he wasn't like cartoonishly evil. And, you know, right. uh, so I did kind of like, like I liked their, their dog fighting at the end. And there was like a mutual respect for each other, which I kind of enjoyed. He's just kind of, he was like a dreamer, like she said, but he did become an actor at the end, which was ridiculous. <laughs> I think, I think, I think I like Curtis. I, I think he's, he's a little complicated and he's, he's, I wouldn't call him a good guy or a bad guy. He's just right. uh, interesting and he's funny uh, and he's, he's kind of charming, if not a little bit chauvinistic, well, quite a bit chauvinistic. Yeah. He's always pushing himself away or even in the scene where uh, Gina is uh, uh, singing and he just keeps telling people to shut up. But then immediately he starts talking to Porco while she's talking. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he, he literally treats, yeah, he literally treats Fio like an object to be one. Mm. And yet, like, I don't know, she doesn't resent him for it. And he's somewhat uh, genuine, even though mm-hmm. he's kind of a, a pig. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, th- I think he's an interesting, funny, fully realized character. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you guys think about Gina and her role as a. Uh almost like the neutral zone of her little bar hotel island. I kind of like that as a rope in a lot of movies uh, or series and books that they have it. Hmm. Um, where, where no fighting on that island kind of thing. Yeah, they respected her so much. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I The second rewatch, I watched it twice leading up to this. Mm-hmm. And the second one, I really wanted to watch Theo and her. Um because I did find them both interesting, but I kind of latched on to Fio more than her and Fio's impact on Porco. Whereas Gia, um, I still, I'm still not sure. I, I liked her character. You know, I thought she was an interesting, um, 
I guess, love interest for Porco. And I like the scene when they're kids, uh, kind of her being flown by him and just her childish face in the in the sky the goes up yeah. yeah yeah and the embarrassment and it was just that kind of childhood love was nice but um yeah i'd like to watch it again just to focus on her and her what i guess miyazaki's kind of trying to say about her and her lifestyle that she's living i mean she's literally kind of just waiting she said she's a gambler gambling that porco will want to settle down with her and kind of not stop hating himself but i don't know yeah. what about you guys i think you're right. I mean, she's she's waiting for him, but she's basically already made her choice. It's him specifically. They share a past together. She loves him regardless and just wants to stay and maintain a friendship, hoping that, you know, he gets that change. And then Hiran probably disagrees. What do you think? Um, I don't really have much to say about Gina. I think, I, I think she's great. I think she's great with Porco. And I was rooting for their relationship. And like I said, I really like when she puts down Curtis and uh, her relationship with the pirates and everybody in her hotel and uh, their history. But uh, conversations about Fio and Gina and the women working in the uh, the factory, it, it makes me wish that we actually had a woman here to talk to <laughs> instead of just <laughs> I don't know, three, di- three guys talking about feminism. Three bros. Yeah. Uh, I, I think agree. she's a great character. I don't really have much else to say. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Before we wrap it up, any other topics you guys want to get into? Um, uh, Kieran's got something. What do you got? Okay. Uh, at the end of the movie, do you think that Gina and Porco got together? Yes. Uh, I guess so. Yeah. I'll say, yeah. Okay. I'm an optimist on that part. What wouldn't you have? But Fio never saw him again. Yeah. That, that's what, yeah. That's what I was thinking. Like why, if, if that's the truth, then why didn't Fio ever see him again? So that's the only reason why I, I thought hesitated. the way that was interpreted was never saw him as the pig again. Mm. True. That's he also how I interpret that. Yeah, uh, like, I think she actually calls him Porco when she says that. Yeah, uh, and it's he's Marco from then on, like uh, when he comes back. Yeah, that was another thing. Uh, another couple of questions, but something I want to point out first is uh, during her flyover scene when she's talking about you know her as a piccolo head or president or whatever. If yeah. you look closely in Gina's hotel at the very back entrance uh, is Porco's plane. Oh, really? Yeah. Look at your eyes like a hawk. Yeah, so they're combing. It's like It's actually there for quite a while. It's not hard to see. Okay, I, I can put oh, it we'll in the DMs. To, we're gonna look specifically for it on the next rewatch, definitely. Mm. Uh, and finally, uh, do you? Why do you think Porco transformed, and why do you think that? And did he transform back? And then why? Uh, be, well, I think because of Theo. Um, I don't know specifically. I mean, they make you lead, lead you to believe because of that last kind of peck she gives him um but it's like like i like talking about it's fio as a character uh i feel like she just her outlook on life um kind of just twisted porco's kind of self-indulgence in his self-hatred where she's so endearing and she kind of just sees things as they are she says you're a great pilot you like you can save people and let's fix this plane and i can help you like she has this just beaming positivity uh like you said she doesn't really get rattled by you when someone offends her or like she makes bets quickly. And I don't know the way she just, uh, he just saw her. I feel like kind of changed his, got him out of lack for a better term, got him out of his moping pointless. Cause you know, being self self hatred and, and, uh, having this guilt over something, it, it, it's not productive. I mean, anyone will tell you that like that stuff's 
he's just losing time in his life. And I feel like whatever Theo did in her personality just really unlocked that for him. Um, But I'm kind of twisted on why the kiss in general, (laughs) the peck kind of did it after that. Um, Maybe it was, maybe it was him saving her from getting married. I don't know, but yeah, I, I think she's the catalyst. Uh, I don't think the kiss had anything to do with it. I think it's mostly about uh, Marco's visualization of himself. Right. I, I think I, I agree with both of what you're saying. Uh, I do think the kiss was part of it, uh, just almost as like a, a callback to old fairy tales. Of, uh, yeah, like, that's what it felt like. Transforming like specifically somebody. be like, oh, because of this. Bing. But I think in the war, he whether he actually lost or not, because I think even before the end of the movie, when he... I think he transforms back into human. I think he already always had his humanity. I just think that his image of himself and his reality never matched. And Fio, and to a lesser extent Gia, showed him what he really is like, and that he is somebody worthy of love, and that he didn't deserve to die in the war like all of his friends. Right. And I think uh, during the fight, he finds out that Gina's actually in love with him. And uh, Fio tells him she trusts him, and Fio even goes as far as to kiss the pig. And I think that's, and also fighting Curtis for, uh, you know, saving Fio. It taught him that he actually is the person that everybody else sees him uh, the way that he is. Yeah, perfect. And that's what, like, my favorite thing about, like, this movie was, not favorite thing, but the the curse is like a self-imposed curse. Like, there's no witch that gave it to him. It's not because right. he let people die. It's all him. It's all internal yeah, it's and how he yeah, infused internal. himself. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so t- the people around him being the ones that kind of got him out of that was, was kind of beautiful. I agree. Uh, Yeti, did you have something before we got into those last couple questions? Really? It was just, come, I, well, Hiran kind of brought it up. It was kind of Theo okay. and, uh, just how she was like, I almost, I said in my second review, like she's kind of the MVP of this movie. Um, just like when she enters a story, it just really, really takes off. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I've been trying to think where I'm putting Porco Rosso in like my my rankings, mm-hmm. um, and I I I don't I don't know. It might be top three. It might be third. Um, okay. But I'd have to rewatch Nausicaa again because I really love that movie too. And like talk about Nausicaa's a great so good. talk about a great protagonist. I mean, that one has maybe my favorite Miyazaki one. So she's so, it's, so it's good. Tough. Yeah, she's incredible. So, I mean, I uh, disagree re- with most rankings, but just because. The range, like Karen said, the range this guy has for all these movies. Like I watch impossible. Yeah, I watch certain (laughs) ones for specific moods, so it's not like something I could be like, "Oh, these are the two best ones because of this." Well, it's all personal. I think it's like cool what it says about you. Who, how you like? For me, rewatchability is like a big thing, and that's why like Totoro. Like I can, I'll just never get sick of that movie. So Mm. yeah, whichever list Yeti puts out, I want to instantly downvote it anyway. So it's fine, as is tradition. Yeah. It's a little bit there. Um, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know where I could rank this. Um, I guess it just depends on my mood. I mean, Spirit Away mm-hmm. will always be number one, I think. Mm-hmm. And I'm still trying to process his newest movie. Oh, so gotcha. It's also hard to do. Um, I yeah, this is in top three. For me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Uh, by the way, read the, the manga Nausicaa. Uh, Nausicaa. It's sure. really, really, really good. Okay. Yeah, I, I didn't show. even know it was one. So Yeah, I didn't know either. I know he gets it's, his his uh, material from a lot of different places. So it's good to, uh, good to know. Oh, here is going to the bookshelf. He's pulling it out. Okay. Uh, it looks like uh, at least this will be the second episode in a row that I talked about. 1000 pages. I recommended it to Philip yesterday. Oh, um, yeah, it's a seven volume manga, uh, that Hayao wrote. 
when the movie was released, uh, only volumes one and two were out. So the movie mm. is really kind of an adaptation of the first two volumes with a different ending. But mm. it actually gets a lot better. And I think it's much better than the movie, even though I adore the movie. Very cool. Well, we'll have to give that a shot then. I like the old school vibe and art style of it too. I know. School. Yeah, the art is so good too. So, so good. Now, hopefully this releases right around uh, when his new one comes out in the US. That'd be nice. When is it coming out? I have no idea. They still haven't. It's it's premiering in North America like now or yesterday or a couple of days ago in Toronto. Yeah, it's, it's been recent. But cool. I'm sure it'll be sometime this, sometime this fall. They'll probably have it. Cool, cool, cool. I think we did pretty good. So we have a homework assignment from Huron. Um, yeah. And we talked about most of it. Uh, so I just want to say thank you guys for you know watching these movies and give me a reason to dive in depth to something that I don't always do. Uh, sometimes I mindlessly watch movies and then other times I get to, you know, just really think about things and uh, and then talk them through and get different insights. So like the next time I watch this movie, I'm going to be thinking about the things you guys brought up, which is, is always fun. Oh, beautiful. It's a good experience. Uh, you guys have any last, last words? No. Work. Right. Good. Go watch Ghibli. Yeah. Go watch more. Gib- so it's Ghibli. Ghibli? I'm trying. Um, underappreciated Ghibli movie is uh, The Red Turtle. Check it out. Uh, the cat, the cat returns. So. Okay, and I'll go with the wind rises. I don't hate that movie. Aviation. I you think it's, as fun- it? I think it's his funniest one. Is that the second one of the cat one, or is it okay? I think so. Yeah, I don't. Is, believe... Was it Whisper of the Heart the first one? I think yeah, Whisper of the Heart was the first one. Okay, Uh and the cat returns. I don't think Miyazaki had anything to do with the cat returns. He wrote the Whisper of the Heart, but I'm not sure about the cat returns. Yet he just got schooled. And on that note. On that note, I will call it out. Thank you, everybody, for listening. This has been the Green Team of the Legendarium, and the music and outro is Jingle Punks. Uh, so it's Galactic Damages by Jingle Punks. Uh, thank you, uh, Craig and the Legendarium Podcast, for everything you guys uh, letting us get started for. And uh, we'll see you next time that we do another Ghibli movie. Bye bye. Bye bye. I'm always up for talking Ghibli.